Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 289 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be connecting with you this week and happy December. It's the last month of the year and it's also my birth month. You know, when I was younger, I really, really loved my birthday. I loved just the lead up to it. I celebrated the whole month and my birthday's New Year's Eve. And so it feels like the whole world is celebrating me, or at least that's what I believed or told myself when I was younger. And And it was just really fun because everyone's always looking to do something. It's a day that many people take off work, even though it's not technically a federal holiday. And there's just always something to do. And there's always some party to go to. And I really loved it. And then once I probably got to my, I don't know, upper 20s, lower 30s, the whole patriarchal mindset began to really set in like, oh, I'm leaving my youth behind. I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm getting wrinkles and the crow's feet around my eyes. This is bad. Oh, and I really began to not resent my birthday, but just, you know, like how a lot of people probably feel like, oh, God, I'm getting older. This is bad. This isn't where I thought I'd be. And now I'm getting older. So my chances of getting whatever that thing is that you want, you know, is getting less. And that's all patriarchal nonsense, which probably shouldn't be a big surprise to hear that if you listen to this podcast for a while. And really over the past couple of years, you know, especially once I started getting really into more seasonal living and astrology, is I really do believe the few weeks leading up to my birthday and then the few weeks after my birthday is really just like a portal. And I know that my birthday aligns with the Gregorian New Year. Um, And if you want to celebrate the New Year, that's really awesome. There's lots of great podcasts, I'm sure that have really wonderful rituals. But I really like to see your birthday as actually a new year. And that's really how I'm beginning to embrace my birthday. So basically, your birthday is your solar return. And 
The most common you might have heard is Saturn return, which happens, I think, about every 27 years or so. And it's like, you know, the first Saturn return is when you're 27. And that's like when you're becoming an adult and like really coming into yourself and you go through hard lessons there. And then the next Saturn return is like in your mid 50s. And that's often like your midlife crisis, maybe a big career change, maybe a big relationship change, and so forth. And so but you actually have a solar return every single year. And so a solar return basically means is that the sun is in the sky Let me say that again, because we know that the sun does not rotate around the earth. Astrology is based on the vantage point from earth. So yes, the sun does not rotate around the earth, but from the vantage point of earth, the sun is where it was the moment you took your first breath, right? And so when the sun starts coming around to where it was when you, you know, when you were born and then, you know, right after you were born, I like to think of that as just like a portal. It's just like a next, it's an up leveling and it can be really exciting because I find that every time you go through some sort of portal or up level, yeah, might sometimes it might feel a little sticky and there's some uncomfortable lessons, but you always come out on the other side of it stronger, more connected to yourself, more connected to the earth, more connected to your community, you know, the people in your life that truly are important to you and that treat you well. And it's really beautiful. And so I've been, uh, you know, just really beginning my birthday portal. I, I kind of think of the beginning of my birthday portal is when the sun moves into Sagittarius, which is around November 23rd. And that's because I'm actually a rising Sagittarius. And so that just kind of feels significant. And so I basically celebrate my birthday (laughs) from uh, when Sagittarius season begins, which is around the 22nd or so of November until the end of Capricorn season, which is what, January, I don't know, 19th, 20th, something like that. So I get like a two month little celebration, a two month portal where I really just look back at the past year, but really just my life. And what are some of the things that I want to let go of? What are the things that I want to cultivate? And again, I know that coincides with the Gregorian New Year. So there's already a little bit of that energy kind of building just in the collective, I think, with just everything that people talk about on Instagram and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So I'm doing a little bit longer of a birthday rant than I originally thought, but I just wanted to share this because age does come up so much with my clients and on the podcast. And I just want to remind you that if you do feel, you know, ill feelings towards maybe your own upcoming birthday or your age or whatever, I just want to remind you that that is all patriarchal nonsense. And I'm not saying like, poof, that's just going to make all of the feelings that you might have go away. But I just want to begin to introduce this idea that you can really look to your birthday as an up leveling, as a portal to go through, as a solar return, however you want to look at it. Um, you know, in a very, again, a very practical sense, like, well, what's the alternative, but also how can you actually, you know, just become more of who you're supposed to be and align more of your decisions and who's in your life with how you want to feel and what you want to do and who you want to be and all of those kinds of things. And I just find that your birthday is just a really beautiful time to kind of renew and have it be your own personal new year. Anyways, that's my birthday rant. I hope it's helpful and those that needed to hear it heard it. I want to get into today's episode because it's also a very common thing that comes up with my clients and my DMs on the podcast, all that kind of good stuff. And that is, how do you know if someone is right for you? Specifically, how do you know if someone is right for you when like the sex isn't that great 
But like with people who you know isn't right for you or you know those relationships are toxic or unhealthy or not going anywhere, those relationships seem to have amazing sex. So how do you balance the two and what the hell are you supposed to do? That's really what my caller is asking today. So before we get into that, I just want to say one thing about soulmates. Now, if you've been listening to my show for a while, you've probably heard me say this, but I really don't buy into the whole like there's one person out there for you thing because that just feels like a lot of pressure to me. You know, we already put so much pressure on ourselves around, you know, becoming unsingle and finding the right person that if we added this another layer of like, but is this my soulmate? Is this the person that I'm supposed to be with? Like that just feels impossible to me. It just feels impossible to make decisions, trust your intuition, do all that kind of stuff. I really believe that every single person who comes into your life, everything from a one night stand to a 20 plus year marriage and everything in between is a soulmate, meaning that that experience with that person allowed you to learn things about yourself, about what you want, about what you don't want, about what you need in a relationship, about what you definitely don't need, whatever it is, so that you can become more equipped to be ready for the right person. So I believe everyone is a soulmate. And I think that if you can look at it from that perspective, one, it takes some of the freaking pressure off. But two, I think it helps you to close chapters. I find that sometimes it's really hard to let a person go fully because we invested so much time or like maybe this is the best I can do or this is it or whatever or we don't want to see something as a failure or whatever it is. And I understand, of course, the beliefs and the mindsets that go into that. But I think that if you can just look at it like, okay, I was supposed to be with this person for this amount of time and this moment in my life and I learned what I needed to learn. I got what I needed to get and now I can move on. It allows you to just cleanly close off past relationships because what I find to be so common is that relationships in our past aren't fully closed. Not meaning that you want to get back together with the person, but just meaning that some of the just things that came up in that relationship are still haunting you today. So maybe past regrets, maybe past regrets over your behavior or past regrets for putting up with crappy behavior or whatever it is. We tend to carry those things along with us and we don't actually learn the soul lessons from those things. And when that happens, then it just makes it much more difficult to trust ourselves, to trust someone else, to be intimate, to be vulnerable, to be all of those things that we need to be in order to have the kind of relationship that I know you want. So I really find this soulmate conversation to be really healing when you can see that, well, everyone's a freaking soulmate. Don't worry about whether or not this person is a soulmate because they are. So anyways, I, I, I say that because one, I want to take the pressure off you. And two, I think this is a really important preface to have in mind as we go into my conversation and ultimately asking, how do you know when a relationship is right? And I was doing a process with her to help her kind of figure that out for herself because of course I can't tell her if it's right or not, Um, but I can certainly guide her to come to that question on her own. And in the middle of doing that process, she asks the real question. And it's just a really powerful moment and I can't tell you how often This kind of thing happens in a coaching session where like there's the question and then there's the question. And that's exactly what happened today. And I'm just really excited for you to hear that uh, because it's super common. I mean, I think it happens even on this podcast a lot. Welcome to the show. What's your question? How can I help? Hi, Veronica. Okay. So what if you are questioning yourself um, in regards to commitment? and more long-term commitment like marriage? What if the relationship you're in, the person is talking marriage, but in your head, you're like, uh, whoa, 
wait a minute. I don't know if I'm there. Although you're like everything I want and more, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Like, is that normal? What do I say? I don't want to hurt that person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So are you saying like, you're not there, but you think you could get there or you want to get there? Or is it you're questioning the person entirely? Or is it more of like a deeper block where it's like you're having a hard time like receiving and like really being in that relationship? Do you see what I'm saying? There's a few different possibilities here. Right. Um, No, those are great questions. I think for the most part, it's more of a do I see myself with that person for the rest of my life? Because that's how I, you know, I picture marriage. I, I see it as a long-term forever till death do us part. And would I have known internally, do I get like that feeling inside that tells me, okay, this is it. Or is it something that you just kind of just jump in and do because you love the person? Yeah. Well, I think everyone will have their own answer to that, but let's, let's do something. So go ahead and close your eyes for me. And, um, make sure you're comfortable. So if you need to like roll your shoulders or your neck or whatever, get situated and then just take a couple of breaths to empty your mind as much as possible. And you're not going to be able to empty it completely. Cause you know, you're human, but that's fine. You just like have this image of like, just like a vessel draining its contents. So the contents being like your thoughts and beliefs and emotions, just draining it all out. And then I'm going to ask you a question and I want whatever the first thing to come up. Yeah. That's going to be the answer. If you start thinking about it, then we'll start over drain, 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 and then ask the question. So the question is, you opened your eyes. (laughs) What if you're not sexually compatible? Is that really the question? Like you want to get married, but you're scared to get married. Cause what if you have, you wind up cheating? Okay. That's really the question then. So the question really is you're having doubts about this person. Correct. Okay. Okay. So once you see it, once you name it, it's very hard to unsee or to unname it. Okay. So now this is what's on the table. That's what's on the table is that you don't have sexual compatibility and you're afraid because of that, you might go outside the marriage to get that, you know, sexual satisfaction. Is that does that yes. seem accurate? Is that what you're saying? That is accurate. Okay. Yes. Okay. So for one, I am not a sex therapist. So this is a little bit outside of my zone of expertise, but I can still guide you to take the steps to do what you need to do. Other than the sex, how is the rest of the relationship? And I know that's like a big, like other than, but I'm just curious, like how is the rest of the relationship? From a one to a 10, I would say the relationship is a solid eight. Okay. The only thing is that sexuality is very big for me. Okay. And so sometimes I see myself forcing myself to feel a certain way okay. because I feel guilty, right? Because this is a person that has every single quality that I want. And I actually admire someone that treats me the way I need to be treated plus, okay. um, and I feel guilty, but I also want to be realistic with my feelings, like something in my gut is telling me, wait a minute, it's not a perfect fit yet. Okay. But I get there if that's normal. Okay. Okay. 
it's my belief. Well, let me actually let me ask you this. Is this something you want to work on with him? Or do you feel like you need to create a plan to exit the relationship? No, I would want to work on with him. I am okay. very, yes, I'm happy. I'm content. But that part, if we could work on it, but then I say to myself, Veronica, how do you work on that sexual compatibility? <laughs> well, so sex is, okay. So there's two kinds of sex, right? That's kind of a, a broad statement, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is there's two kinds of sex. There's a kind of sex where it's like, you're basically just using another human to masturbate, like in a very blunt kind of way. Right. Right. And then, so there's that. And then there's the kind of sexual connection that you can have with someone that is really reflective of the emotional intimacy that you have. And so when you're in that camp, what often happens is you don't have that kind of sexual intimacy because you're trying to use sex to create the emotional intimacy, but it's the, it has to be the other way around. Does that make sense? A little bit. Tell me, what do you mean by a little bit? Like, what are you picking up? What do I need to be clear about? So there is one that is just matter of fact, you're doing it for the deed. And then there's more of the emotional connection which sometimes will get you to the date and sometimes will not. Is that what you mean? No. Like, so like when you're having like sex and you're having like a really like intimate sexual experience, that is a culmination of the emotional intimacy that you feel between the two of you. But what people often do mistakenly is they want to feel that emotional connection and they use sex to try to get to that place. Oh, okay. Okay. So are you asking me if which one am I doing? I'm asking if either one of those camps resonate or if you find yourself in one of those camps. That's a great question. I'm sitting here in deep thought trying to really understand. I feel like I do have, maybe the emotional connection is not as solid as I would want it to be. Okay. And maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I just know I'm so confused because Number one, I feel kind of ashamed to even mention things like that because I'm a woman, I'm a lady, and I'm supposed to talk about sex the way I was brought up, right? Like that. But this is really true to who I am. This is what's going on in my brain. This is a person that I love, mm-hmm. but this is a person that I don't know if I see myself marrying because of this, uh, of, of this sexual disconnect. Okay. And he is looking for that within a year. He wants to, you know, settle down, get married. And I kind of am, I always, every time he comes on that topic, (laughs) I kind of turn around and and discuss something else. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about, sounds good. And then I just switch the topic because I literally do not know what to say. Okay. Okay. So you have not shared with him how you're feeling? No. (laughs) No. Okay. You know me. I know you. What do you think I'm going to (laughs) say? Why not? Why have I not had that communication? Why have I not? spoken to him about. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, I'm not like sitting here, like why, like in terms of like scolding you, but I'm like, how can we create that conversation or how can I prepare you to have that conversation? But that, you know, to be real candid, that's a slippery slope because how can that you don't sexually please me or satisfy me? That is not what somebody wants to hear or just we're not sexually compatible. You know, that's really not something I feel like if I say that his entire ego will go down, his entire self-esteem will go down. Everything will change. Okay. But you don't necessarily have to say it like that. You don't necessarily have to say like, Hey, you don't turn me on. (laughs) (laughs) 
we're like, Hey, I don't think we're sexually compatible. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like that will be a little bit of a, an ego bruiser. Right. So what is it that you want to feel when it comes to both the sexual intimacy and the emotional intimacy? Cause you said earlier that you think that there might be a little bit of emotional intimacy lacking. There is because we do have various differences. So what he does as his entertainment, his hobbies, things of interest for him are not in line with what are interests of mine. But I remember one time being told that your interests will change. So you can't really judge the relationship based on that alone. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to accept him with what he likes and who he is. And he, you know, I'm going to continue to do what I do and what I enjoy, but that causes a, a gap. Because certain things that I enjoy, he's not a part of, and vice versa. Things that he enjoys, I'm not a part of, right? Because I'm not interested. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. But that's fine, right? That's fine. You you don't have to have a hundred percent interests aligned. And I don't know if there is like a certain percentage, but I'd be much more concerned about having some overlapping values and being on parallel paths in life. I actually have a friend who has, she says she has zero interests in common with her husband, except for their kids. <laughs> and like, they're fine. Like, I mean, that necessarily probably wouldn't work for me. Like I'd want like at least a couple interests, but like, you know, a relationship is really about not so much like having interests to do together. Cause you're right. Like things will change your interests will change. Sometimes our abilities to do certain things will change as, you know, we go through various stages of our life. I'm much more curious about how do you want that relationship to make you feel? And is this relationship or is that person able to, to do that? Not that it's that it's that person's responsibility to make you feel X, Y, Z or soul response. That's not a soul responsibility. Like you're responsible for that too, but you certainly want your relationship and the person that you're in relationship with to add to that feeling. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's kind of like, um, it's very hard for me to defer because I've been in a lot of toxic relationships. So unhealthy relationships is normal for me. This is completely opposite. So I'm trying to wean myself off of that, right? So all that of drama and excitement was a definition of love for me. I don't have that right now. I don't have that drama and that excitement. And so it's a little boring. But I've learned to accept that boring is peaceful and healthy. So it's just a process that I'm going through right now. And I, I'm just, I guess, all over the place trying to figure out day by day, you know, what it is that I truly want. I don't want to feel guilty for feeling the way that I do. But I kind of want to know that this is normal. You can still marry someone and not be, you know, sexually inclined with them or not have common interest together. And it'll be okay. I guess that's the confirmation I'm looking for. Okay. Which Okay. Well, first of all, you can have whatever kind of relationship that you want. Okay. If you want your partner just to be that guy that you come home to and you go out and do your things and he's always there for you. And he's like that rock that can be your relationship. And that could be a very beautiful relationship. If you want someone that's going to go out and like, you know, paint all over the town with you (laughs) and like do all the things that you like to do. And you want to do that together you can have that too, right? There's no, there's no right or wrong. I can't tell you like what's going on in your relationship is quote unquote, okay or not. Okay. And you know, some people have more or less sex and relationships and like 
it's okay if it's okay for you, but you're telling me that sex is very important to you. And so I'm just, for me, like, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm a little concerned. I mean, I understand like the addiction to like the highs and the lows and the dramas of a relationship. And so then like a healthy love can feel a little bit more quote unquote boring. So I understand there's that, but I'm also just wondering like, if there's a part of you that's trying to like, what's the phrase, like putting a square peg into a round hole a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on again. I I don't know how you do it. Are you in my brain? But (laughs) maybe that's what I'm trying to do because of guilt. I feel guilty because how dare you not be happy with what you have when this is exactly what you prayed for, when this is exactly what you have listed, you know, quote unquote, in your journal. And every single person, like for me, when I had a great relationship in my head or when I was sexually connected, those individuals were not good. Yeah. Right. They were not good, but they brought that passion and that excitement. So I'm saying I'm trying to erase that from my head so I can move forward in a healthy relationship, even though I feel like something's missing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think this is where working with like a sex therapist can be really helpful because, um, I do think that in more of like the unhealthy, toxic relationships, the ones that really, really bump up against our core wounds, sex tends to be amazing. And those like a drug almost in, in right. those relationships. And so that is an unfair comparison. So I'm not necessarily equipped to, you know, help you and your partner, like work on the physical or the sexual chemistry. But I a hundred percent believe that if the feelings are there, you can create that sexual chemistry. I believe that I really, really do. The question is if you want to make it work with this person, not make it work as in like settling, but like, if you want to at least feel like you tried everything that you could before, whether or not you choose to stay or in the, in the relationship, does that make sense? Yes. I definitely feel like I have not tried everything I could. I mean, first, Um, first things first is like, just to talk about it. Yeah. You know? Because whatever you're feeling, if you're not sharing that, then like, it's going to be really hard to like, really have that kind of emotional intimacy, that vulnerability. And then from there, it's like even harder to have that. And I think like the more you bottle this in, the more you like hide it, it's going to even make it harder to have sexual intimacy, sexual chemistry. I shouldn't say chemistry because chemistry is like the like drug kind of thing. (laughs) It's going to even be even harder to have that sexual intimacy because you're hiding a pretty big part of you, a a really big way that, that you feel. And so even though it might be hard or it might be scary, you know, if you want to give this relationship everything, then I think you owe it to yourself to do this. No, for sure. I do. Absolutely have a lot of work and a lot of things to put through. I just have to get comfortable with being, having that conversation with him and finding the right words to allow myself to be vulnerable and not feel guilty. Yeah. Cause sucks. I'm going to tell you. (laughs) So, okay. Here's like a little like conversation starter template. First of all, do not spring this, like do not spring this on him. I think Alison Armstrong calls this um, pumpkin hours. You know, like if you're going to bed, like I do this all the time, like we're going to bed, it's like 945. My husband gets up really early for work and I'd be like, oh, let's talk about, you know, and he's like, what? <laughs> I just want to go to fucking sleep. So 
something like, Hey babe, I want to talk to you about something. Can we do that over dinner tomorrow or tonight or whatever? And then, okay, great. So you have a time on the calendar. Perfect. That's the first step. And then when you bring it up, you can say, I want to share something really, you can say scary, intimate, private, like however you describe it with you. And I'm really afraid to share this with you because I feel, you know, you could say, I feel guilty, but what I want to feel is how do you want to feel with him? And then share what you want in your, out of your relationship and out of your sexual relationship. Um, so it's not so much about like, I don't feel chemistry or you don't turn me on. Cause that's like sharing the lack. It's more of like, how do you want to feel? And then what are some things that you can do together to help you feel those things with him? Does that make sense? Yes. I need to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're going to, you're going to make the plan. Yes. <laughs> and then you're going to say, I need to, I need to share something with you. It feels a little scary. So you're like lowering the wall, right? So that just like disarms everybody. Right. And then you're saying, you can also like say like what you're scared of his reaction. Like, I'm afraid that you're going to judge me. I'm afraid that you're going to feel this or feel that or whatever the fear that his reaction might be. And then you'll say, what I'm feeling is you might say like, I'm feeling really emotionally or sexually disconnected from you. You can say something along those lines. And what I okay. want to feel is da, 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 da. And then you can talk about how you can make that happen. All right. <laughs> I, 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 I firmly believe that you can. I do think that the more you hide this and stuff it down, then yeah, like the more you do that, then yes, I do think the harder like overcoming this will be, but I, I really, really do believe that you can overcome, you know, that sexual chemistry because it is more than anything. It is about the emotions more than anything. Cause again, like anyone can have sex with anyone and just basically like be masturbating with another human. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. But like what you're wanting, at least what I'm hearing from you is like, you want something more than that. You want something deeper. Right. right? Yeah. And so that really comes from the emotions. And I think that's kind of tied to why sometimes sex with someone who's like kind of toxic feels really good. Cause there's like that false intimacy. It's not real intimacy. It's that false intimacy, but unfortunately that can create, you know, that really, that, <laughs> that yeah, like, sex, yeah. it just feels like a drug, <laughs> but that's yeah. not to say that sex can't be amazing with someone that's a more healthy, steady partner. I think in some ways it can feel <sighs> I don't know how, I'm trying to think of a word to like describe the difference because I, I know the feeling or I know the difference between the two, but it's like when you're having sex with someone where it's more of like a toxic or an unhealthy pattern, like it does feel really good, but like, just like most drugs or like food or alcohol or whatever the addiction mechanism of choices over time, like that doesn't really fulfill the need or you need more and more and more of it. And so then it, do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and so I think when the sex is more in that camp. That's what it feels like versus, um, when it's from like that emotional intimacy that you've built together, then I think the sexual chemistry, it actually builds versus kind of dies away or like you need more and more and more of it to feel that feeling that you're looking for. Right. That makes sense. Yes, it does. It's just, you know, it's a reality check too. It's, 
many people, and I do, I look at my statistics, I read articles and I said, oh my gosh, a lot of people just get married, even though the sex is not what they want it to be because that person has everything else, you know, and, and they're connected everywhere else. But in my head, I'm like, but I want it all. I want everything. You I want to have it all. And I, I think, you know, I don't know exactly what numbers or articles you're looking at, but like just hearing, hearing you say that to me, that's not, that's less of an epidemic of people not having good sex, but it's more of an epidemic of what we've been talking about is people not really connecting emotionally in the way they want to connect. Right. I do think that a lot of people think that marriages and relationships, like long-term relationships just kind of happen by default. You're like, oh, okay. We've like set our vows or we, or even if you're not married, but like you were living together or you've just agreed to like, you know, stay together for, you know, however long that the relationship just, just happens, you know, and it doesn't, especially when you live together, because then you're also like managing expenses and like who's buying toilet paper and who's paying the bills and how are you splitting things and how are you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so then you can, your relationship can just become about that crap. You know what I mean? And then, you know, that between the, and then that with the fact of like just life and like all the other things that get in the way, like then the emotional intimacy between two people can just kind of be forgotten. And the things that brought you to attracted you to together at the very beginning when you met each other can just be forgotten. And then all of a sudden the sex stops. And then all of a sudden you're just watching Netflix every night. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I, I really do believe that relationships marriage or not has to be incredibly intentional with agreements and not, not bound. I mean, boundaries are a different story, but like agreements about, you know, how you spend your time together, how you talk to each other, what you do together, all that kind of stuff. And that will, I think in some ways naturally leak over into the sexual chemistry, because when you're feeling more connected, then that's, I think that's just going to naturally bring some things into the bedroom as well. But that's not to say that there can't be like specific things that you can, you know, focus on, on together, you know, in the bedroom. Is that making sense? I, I could talk about this all day, all day long. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it is making sense. Like, I just needed to know that I wanted to make sure I'm like, okay, get it together. You want this to work, right? You want this to work. You guys have great time together, but this is something that's like a cloud, you know, over my head. And it's something that I have to almost... I'm like, I studied, the- I studied theater, but I don't want to be an actress in the bedroom. Like, I don't want to have to, yeah. I want to be okay. And, you know, like I said, I was brought up to not really talk about things like that. And it may be a little embarrassing, you know, so I'm not going around saying, hey, I don't think, you know, let's talk about sex right now. But it's very important, at least for me, it's very important, you know, shared interests, doing things together. And, you know, I think the getting there is the most important thing for me because I'm very Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like to do, you know, the foreplay stuff and it's my pace is different from his pace, right? Okay. So, so let me pause you for a second. Okay. I don't mean to interrupt, but I just want to pause you. A couple things. So first I would create some agreements with him. I would create an agreement that you are a couple that works on your relationship. It doesn't just happen by default. Okay. This is actually an agreement that Stevie and I just established in our own marriage. Like we are a couple that actively works on our marriage. We know that if we don't work on our marriage, then if we just let things go by default, then at some point we'll be watching Netflix every night, hardly talking, never having sex. <laughs> and probably fighting too. Okay. Okay. So you are a couple that that's an agreement you both need to have you need to have a conversation with and you agree to. You're a couple that works on your marriage or your relationship. The second thing is to make sure that the logistics, you guys are living together now, right? We were, but we just took a break because he just moved here from another state. So we're still trying to figure it out. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So it's like 15 minutes away from me, but. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this, this may not apply as, as much, but for how it may, and for people listening as well, um, have agreements around the logistics of being in a relationship. So obviously that's going to be a lot more logistics if you live together, right? Cause you're going to have to talk about who's paying what and who's cleaning and who's doing tours. And, you know, you want to divvy that up. So it feels equitable and all that kind of stuff. Even if you're not living together, you can still have agreements around when we see each other, who drives to which, whose place and who pays for things. How do you divvy that up? And how do you choose what to do? Like you can have agreements for all of those things. And the reason why I like to have these two agreements right up front is one, you just want to have, again, the expectation that you have to work on work on your marriage, your relationship, because they don't just happen by default. And the other thing is, even though it's like highly unsexy to talk about who's driving where and who's paying for what and how all that stuff works, without having very, very clear agreements around that, it can spill over into the rest of the relationship. Do you know what I mean? Like there is no way CV and I are having sex if I haven't like you know, done the dishes, which I said I was going to do. Do you know what I mean? Cause he's going to be pissed off because the dishes are still in the sink and they've been sitting there for two days. Do you know what I mean? So like, so things like that can really, really pile on and just, just bleed over into the rest of the relationship. So you just want to make sure you have these two things taken care of and they just sit in a nice little box. And so when you need to talk about logistics, you get on your little relationship logistics hat. And that's what you talk about. And then you finish it and you take the logistics hat off. And now you're just can be like that romantic couple. You know what I mean? So, so that's, that's the second thing. And then the third thing, which I think might be really helpful for you is I know we did this together, but get really clear on what your love language is. It sounds like your love language is quality time and (laughs) yeah. And what his love language is and have a conversation about it. You know, what is quality time mean to you? Like it might not be watching TV. (laughs) Right. Um, And what is his quality time? And I will just say, um, 
in case you don't read the book, a lot of men think that physical touch is their quality time, but they're getting sex confused with physical touch, which are not the same thing. Um, so just make sure you can, he can either take the quiz or just read the descriptions and you can sometimes be like, Oh yeah, that's, that's more of like what I am. And then make a commitment to each other to, cause a lot of times when we like, if our, like, for example, if their quality time is, or excuse me, if you're a love language is quality time. What I notice sometimes is that person will express their love language through the love language they speak rather than the rather than the language that their partner speaks. <laughs> um, you know, like my CV's love language is acts of service. And so sometimes he'll do like an acts of service and I'm like, and I'm like, sweetheart, that is so nice. Thank you. But that is not my love language. So like, this is not the same kind of brownie points as like quality time, which is my, <laughs> so, so what's his love language? What's your love language? Have a conversation about it. Share like what that actually looks like for you, have him share what it looks like for him. Um, and then make commitments to each other and some agreements around, you know, incorporating that into the relationship. And then I also, I mean, for me personally, I like to have, and this might feel a little bit different because if you don't live together, it might feel a little bit more like this is already happening naturally, but like, I like to have like a weekly date night or date day. Sometimes we do our dates while my baby's in preschool, like, or in school. <laughs> yeah. You know, already paying for childcare. Why pay for it twice? Um, so anyways, so we alternate it's on Fridays for us. So, you know, one week, you know, Stevie's planning hundred percent. I don't have to think about anything. He just tells me what to wear. If we're going somewhere, a lot of times we just stay in. And then the other week it's hundred percent my responsibility. So we to alternate. So you can do something like that. And that can make that things is really, so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it can make things really exciting. And, and, and I think it's really, honestly like a really good habit to get into. Even if you don't have kids, like, I just think it's nice because again, like I do think that sometimes we can get into a rut in a relationship. So I would try that. And then, gosh, I'm trying to think of like a resource I have for you in terms of like sexual chemistry and compatibility and all that stuff. There was something that was on your show a while ago, like a sex therapist. I think it was a lady. Um, oh, 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 yes. Um, well, I've had a few. I'm trying to think which one. Well, we, I did like, oh, I know who you're talking about. Christy. Christy, what's her name? It was a podcast seminar you had or something of the sort on a Saturday. Yes. Yeah. So that wasn't for the podcast. That was a workshop that we did Work together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So Christy, yes. oh my gosh, if you email me or DM me, I'll, I'll hook you up, but, um, okay. <laughs> I don't remember her last name at the moment, but yes, it's Christy. <laughs> um, and you know, there's another really fun book that totally different flavor than Christy is, uh, what's her name? Mama Gina. She wrote a book called pussy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> That might be a really great book as well, because it sounds to me like there's some like guilt and shame wrapped up in this, like, oh, I should be happy. Like that's kind of like the patriarchy, like, you know, women can't be sexual or have sexual needs kind of thing. And um, she actually does talk a lot about creating sexual intimacy, chemistry with people and like how it's an emotional thing more than more than anything else. And I would be remiss if I did not say that if you do all of this and it's still not working, you're still not feeling it, you are allowed to leave. I'm shaking my head. I'm sorry. I'm smiling. And I know, (laughs) and I knew you were going to say that because that's the biggest takeaway. I just want to make sure that I've tried everything, which I know I didn't, 
but I want to make sure I try everything before it comes to that, you know, okay, stop red light, you yeah. you know, because I am impulsive. I'll be like, okay, this is not working. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. So like, if that's been your pattern in the past and, and now you're like, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give it everything I have. Cause I care about this human then, right. you know, that that's all you can do. That's all you can do. And I know it might feel, I know there's like, I understand the guilt and like, the, Oh God, I'm going to like break his heart kind of stuff. Like I, I really, really ah. do. I really do get that, but it's so much worse just to stay with him and not feel, you know, how he probably wants his future wife to feel, you know, yes. and just because someone is great on paper does not mean they're the right person for you. It does not mean you're destined to be with like only the toxic and healthy people. Yes. And, and I mean, like, if nothing else, like however long this relationship lasts, like you two are soulmates for this moment in time. And if nothing else, like he has taught you so much, I'm sure about yourself, what you want, what you don't want, what you're, what you're able to have. And I don't know, I have no idea how it's going to go, but keep me updated. But I really do believe that if you I don't want to, I don't want to say this like in terms of like, oh, you have to force it to work. Cause I don't want that. I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm, I really do think that some of what you've brought here, like the questions, the issues, like they're completely solvable. Now, again, if like at the end of the day, it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. There's nothing, you know, you can do, but in terms of like sexual compatibility, I really do think that um, most of the time that's a completely solvable problem. Okay, good. I'm happy to hear that. And you can have whatever you want. You can have whatever you want. Like, You're right. there's no, like, you know, like all of those, like, oh, you have to have sex two times a week or three times a week or five times a week or whatever, you know, to, to and that means like you're in a healthy relationship. Like that's, that stuff is just so, it's just so mean, you know, because yeah. then, of course people then like, oh shit, like how often, you know, am I having sex or like, am I like, what is, so what does that mean if we're not having that much sex? And it's just, it's just, you got to go with what feels what like you want. Right. What's good you for can, me. You and the- want whatever you want. <laughs> no. And it's true. I do. I agree with that. I'm just happy. I just knew that I had to just get it out, kind of nip it in the bud. It, it was something that was bothering me for a little bit and um, figure it out. Now that you gave me my steps, I have everything written down. I have my homework. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, like you said, it is work. Sometimes I do go by default. I just want everything to just fall. I feel like if it's meant, it's going to work. It's going to fall in place. I don't have to work so hard at it. But at the same time, it's like, wait a minute, you're putting two individuals with two totally different personalities and different mindsets together. Of course, you're going to have to work on it. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I get that a lot, like a lot of emails in my inbox around like, well, I just think that if it is meant to be, it'll be easy. And like, yeah, I mean, I I understand where that's coming from. Um, My husband and I work a lot on our marriage, but it doesn't feel like, you know, so there's like an ease and the sense of like, I want to work on the stuff that we have going on and how we want to connect better and improve more and communicate better and blah, 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 blah. But the belief that like, it should be just easy in the sense of like, you don't have to work at it. It's just like, it's, it's a complete myth. It's just a complete myth. Like life is crazy. Life is busy. Life is hard. And like, you're a human. I'm a human. I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this is a human at some <laughs> point. Like if you, if you don't, you're just going to go into default and just do whatever your 
default mode is because that's honestly how the brain wants to operate. So you have to sometimes fight against that. A lot of times fight against it, honestly. Anyways, I, I can go on and on and on. I won't. But No, you know. so much. <laughs> but I hope this is helpful. It absolutely was. You kidding me? Every time I connect with you, it's helpful. <laughs> I was like, funny, because we started from one phase in my life where I was single, trying to really get, you know, where I need to be in myself, get grounded and, and do my my work on me. And then I'm like, okay, great. Then I got into a great solid relationship. And now I was like, all right, now what's the next step? Now I have to work on the relationships. I'm like, I need Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate being the person that, you know, that you want to call. I, I love that. Um, you know, I was, I used to live in Charleston, South Carolina and um, Charleston is like one of the most popular places in the Southeast to have bachelorette parties. And so when we would go out, like we'd all, I mean, every night you would see a bachelorette party going on. And so one night we were out and there was a group of women, I guess, presumably at someone's bachelorette party. And they had these t-shirts made for the party. And it was like one of those, you remember like the old Nintendo kind of like pixelated screens or whatever. And it would be like the sad face, like when you died at the end or, or whatever, you, you know, when Mario died or what, what, I don't know. I don't even know what game we're talking about here, but basically, you know, that kind of like that kind of text on the shirt. And it just said game over um, because, because like the bride was getting married and so like game over, like getting married. Ha, ha, ha. And like, of course, of course it was a cute t-shirt. I'm like, Oh, that's funny. But also like, it's like just beginning. It's just beginning, you know, right. because whether you are married or in a committed relationship or, or whatever, like there is work involved and relationships do not happen on, on default, or at least the kind of relationship that I think that people listening to this show want. And so I'm just like, okay, funny t-shirt, but like really not the mindset that you want. <laughs> no, we don't want it over, right? <laughs> Brand new chapter or something. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Anyways, well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I hope this was helpful for you. Oh, no. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your great suggestions. And I will for sure keep you updated. I appreciate you in all aspects of my life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different from the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode.
Thank you, my dear, for coming onto the show. Now, as you might have heard, my caller had her question and then she had her question. And I love that this happened during a recording because this is so common. Often there is a question underneath the question and that's really the question that you know, you want to dig at. So if you find yourself asking a question to yourself over and over again, see if you can find what the question is really underneath the question that you're asking. Or if you are a coach or a therapist or a healer or any kind of thing like that, and you have clients coming to you asking you questions, see if you can really get to what the root of the question is, what the real question is, because I find that's often where not only the magic is, but also the real issues that are creating pain in, you know, in your life. So anyways, I I love getting to like the real question. So let's do a quick recap of what happened here. So my caller is in a great relationship on paper, but she isn't sure if she can commit to marriage because the sexual compatibility is not where she wants it to be. Her question is, is that okay? And of course, I can't answer that for her. Listen, You can want whatever you want in a relationship. And I can't tell you if that's okay. Someone else can't tell you. That's just not anyone else's place. It has to be okay with you and it feels good for you. That's great. You know, I know, you know, romantic partners who basically have a platonic kind of roommate situation relationship and that works for them and they're genuinely happy. I also know people that have sex every single day and that's like the most important thing in the relationship. And that's cool too. I've often talked about my friend on the podcast who, she was married and um, the relationship was not going well. And they were really close to divorce and just not getting along, lots of problems, blah, blah, blah. And so what they decided is that her husband, he would move out and get his own place, not temporarily while they were working on their stuff, but like for good, like that would just be the permanent solution. And so he got his own place and their relationship has never been better. Now, of course, are there judgments and stigmas against that? People think, oh, they're basically divorced, so they're going to get divorced or cheating or whatever. Sure, people can think whatever they want to think. But the truth is, and the reality is, is that their relationship has never been better. And just them having their own space, their own bills to pay, their own sinks to clean up like it just works and it's allowed there's no rule against it you know what i mean so while i can't help my caller figure out if something is okay i can help her figure out a what she wants and then how to release the guilt and shame she feels in asking for it and and this is like doubly tied up in stigma because it's not only asking for what she wants from a relationship where she quote unquote should be happy, but also she's specifically talking about sexual needs, which can carry a whole other, you know, load of stigma and embarrassment and all that kind of stuff. So that's really the work that, you know, we, we have to do. And I just want to take a, just a quick pause to remind you that, you know, if you've ever been in any kind of toxic relationship or lots of drama kind of relationship or unhealthy, whatever kind of relationship, and then you've finally have been in a relationship with someone, you know, where it is healthy and it does have potential for a future and it just doesn't feel like the right fit for you. I just want to give you permission that that's okay. Not that you need my permission, but sometimes I know it can help you to, you know, get the confidence that you need in order to do what you need to do. And that does not mean anything is wrong with you or that something was wrong with the relationship if it's just not the right fit, because sometimes it's just not the right fit. My caller, however, really does want to give this relationship her all before she calls it. And I really believe that if she can build the emotional intimacy, then she can have the sexual intimacy. Sometimes we do kind of unfairly compare 
healthy relationships and the sex that may or may not happen in those relationships with unhealthy relationships and the sex that probably does happen in those relationships. Because in unhealthy kind of toxic kind of relationships, they're really coming from a place of our wounds and not feeling good enough. And a sexual relationship within those relationships really just fills in those voids, fills in those wounds for you. And it can feel real, real good, almost like addictively good. And those relationships can also, yes, they have low lows, but they can also have very high highs. And again, all of this can feel very addictive. It can also very quickly fill in wounds or voids, although we know that that's not sustainable and doesn't last over the long run. But what happens though, is then when you move into a healthy relationship, you're still comparing that passion that you had in the unhealthy relationship to the healthy relationship. And the truth is, is that sex just feels different in a healthy relationship because it's not based on filling each other's voids, but it's really just based on the emotional intimacy that you're building with someone. And if that's lacking, then yeah, it's not really that surprising that the sexual intimacy might also be lacking. And it really does just feel like a human that you're masturbating with. And I know that sounds a little vulgar, but sometimes that's what sex is when it isn't a healthy relationship. There's also not the emotional connection or intimacy that you or both parties really want. So I'm not saying that you can heal every single relationship or make every single relationship work or that my caller should definitely be able to make this relationship work. But I definitely think she has a really good shot at it because I really do believe that you can have sexual intimacy with someone where you've built a strong emotional connection, strong emotional intimacy. What I do want to remind you is that you cannot create emotional intimacy through sex. Now, yes, If you have a really strong emotional foundation and then you have sex, yes, that can create a stronger emotional connection, but you cannot have sex with someone hoping that will give you the emotional connection that you want. I know far too many women, myself included, that have kind of stayed in situationships or whatever you want to call them in hopes that that sex that they're having will then somehow like help the person they're having sex with, like see the light and like see that they're in love with the person. And then, you know, it's like a beautiful relationship. And like, look, anything can happen, but that's probably never going to happen. Because again, those relationships probably came together through the wounding, the inner child wounding, and sex isn't going to heal that. So I gave my caller a few steps to take, and I want to go over some of those right now so that you can implement if you can relate to what my caller is talking about. So the very first thing is to simply have a conversation with how you feel. And you can do that without being rude or emasculating to your partner, especially if your partner is a man. And you can do that by emphasizing on how you want to feel and then giving your partner a few ideas to help you feel those things. They're very clear on what they can do to help you feel how you want to feel. So I would definitely preface the conversation in that way rather than preface it with the shortcomings of your partner. Well, you don't do this or you don't do that or whatever. That's probably not going to go the way you want it to go. Now, the other thing is I actually know my caller. We've worked together before. And so I know that she's been with this person for, I believe, two years, going on two years. And so I wanted to give her some suggestions on how to grow the relationship, especially after the so-called honeymoon phase. I do think the honeymoon phase is a real thing. I've read that it it is about two years or so. So this certainly tracks, you know, even in a healthy partnership, when you first meet someone, there's still like that infatuation and like, oh my God, da, 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 da. and it could just feel like young love and having sex all the time, blah, blah, blah. But then like once you move past that two year mark, and again, that's approximate, 
a relationship can easily kind of fall into a rut or a routine. And yeah, a lot of the passion will be lost. But I also think that's the time in a relationship where you can really begin to lean in and really work on your relationship and work on your emotional connection. And like I said, if you build a really strong emotional connection, I know that you can have a strong sexual connection after that. So here's the first thing that I recommend. One, just have an agreement with your partner that you are a couple who works on your relationship. And just creating that agreement alone will I mean, first of all, it'll tell you everything you need to know about the person that you're dating, uh, but it also just feels so good. When Stevie and I finally had this conversation that we are just a couple who works on our relationship, period, it just felt so good that we were on the same page and that we wanted to put time and money into growing our relationship to becoming the relationship we really wanted it to be. And so we can also have the family and the relationship with our kids that we want to have as well. So just create an agreement that you are a couple that works on your relationships. Number two, have clear expectations and agreements around relationship logistics. Now, this is true whether or not you live together. Of course, it's a thousand and ten percent true if you live together. Before Stevie and I had any agreements or like any formal agreements about who does what around the house, ninety nine percent of our fights were around chores and just my general messiness because I'm actually a pretty messy person. Um, and let me tell you, if you all are fighting about little, you know, silly things like that, nobody's having sex. So just have really clear expectations. So here's why I think this is really important, why it applies to no matter what stage of relationship that you're in. Every relationship has two parts. You have the logistical part of your relationship, and then you have the romantic part. So the romantic part is why you got together, why you're attracted to each other, why you love each other, why you like each other. The logistical part of the relationship is if you live together, it's literally managing where you live, like paying your bills and cleanliness. And if you have kids, like taking care of the kids, all that kind of stuff. There's lots of logistics that go into that. Even if you don't live together, you still have some logistics. Like you probably have fallen into some routine as to when you see each other, whether at your house, the other person's house, who pays for what, how you split going on vacations. Like there's a lot of logistics that goes into having any kind of relationship. And what happens is that we don't want to talk about the less sexy parts, logistical parts of a relationship because it's not romantic or we're nervous about it or whatever. But the thing is, is that if you don't talk about it, it still exists. And so what happens is the logistical part of the relationship bleeds over into the romantic part of the relationship. And the romantic part of the relationship just dies, you know, because if you're fighting about money or the dishes in the sink or who texts who or whatever, no one's having sex. No one's feeling very happy. So be really clear on your expectations and the logistics in the relationship. And that alone can make a huge difference because then you've got all that stuff in order. Like you know who's doing what or who's paying for what or how you're splitting it. You're not stressed about it. You're not pissed about it. Your other person's not pissed about it or whatever. And that way when you're together, you can actually just be together. All right, number three is understand each other's love language. I have a lot of clients who do this um, who are in partnerships. So if you don't know your love language, make sure you find out. You can go to, um, I think it's fivelovelanguages.com. Have your partner take the test as well. And that can be a really fun conversation as well and give you and your partners ideas on how to just, you know, share that they care about you. And it's really great. Um, have date nights to connect. So especially like if you've been dating for a while, you fall into a little bit of a rut, make sure you have a date night where it's not just like hanging out like you always do, but doing something a little different. Even if it's like eating dinner together in your in your house, maybe lighting some candles or having some nice music play, just something a little different, make it a little bit more ma- romantic so that it just reminds you to to connect with each other. 
Okay, and then finally, don't be afraid to get extra support, especially if one or both of you are a bit shy with your emotions or it just feels too vulnerable or you don't know where to start. There is definitely support. I definitely suggest reaching out to either a couples therapist or a relationship therapist or even a sex therapist. You know, like I talk a lot about sex on the show, but that is not my wheelhouse. That is not my main expertise. And so there are people out there though who can help you. And even couples retreats can be really beautiful ways to connect. And I really do think, again, a lot of the sexual issues that, you know, my caller or you might be having in a relationship can be worked out by building a stronger emotional connection. And if you do and the sexual chemistry is still not there, maybe it truly does mean that the relationship is not meant to be. Or maybe, you know, there is room for also some um, work around a sex expert, sexual therapist or whoever, something along those lines that can help you just have more conversation, you know, in the bedroom so that you can both get what you are looking for out of your sexual relationship with each other. All right. So as you can see, you know, I work with clients at really any stage of a relationship. You know, sometimes my clients are in a relationship that they're trying to get out of. Sometimes they are single and not even interested in dating. Sometimes they're actively dating. Sometimes they're in a relationship and trying to grow it or make sure it's the right one or trying to show up as their higher self and not let some of their wounded inner child self be the one calling the shots. You know, sometimes I hear from people that you know, they're not really dating right now. So they don't want to work with me, they want to wait till they're dating and then work together. And I just want to tell you that no matter what stage of your relationship that you're in, again, anything from like trying to get out of a relationship to trying to make a relationship work and everything in between, you know, you're ripe for doing this work. Because the big secret is that this is not about like, learning some secret lingo or learning how to text better or whatever, as you probably know by now, if you've listened to the show for a while, it's really about you and how you relate to yourself and how you trust yourself and can listen to your intuition and ask for what you need and set boundaries and and all that kind of good stuff. And this is applicable no matter what stage you are in your dating and finding love process. So If you have been thinking that, hmm, I'd like to work with Veronica one day, but weren't sure if your relationship status made you quote unquote qualified to work with me, um, I really encourage you to consider it and check it out, especially if you're not really getting what you want out of your love life. And especially if you feel like you've been putting so much effort, but it just, it kind of just feels like, you know, you've got the pedal to the metal, but you're in neutral. You're not really going anywhere. I would love to chat with you. This is December when you'll be listening to this podcast, more or less. And so if you are, you know, maybe having your own personal birthday, New Year, or maybe you just really resonate with the whole January 1st, New Year resolution, intention kind of thing. And next year is a year that you really want to focus in on your love life and not keep spinning your wheels and getting stuck and all that kind of good stuff. I would love to connect with you. All you have to do is go to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching and sign up for an introductory call. Um, When you get to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching, there'll actually be a quick little form for you to fill out. And then once you fill that out, you'll be refreshed to my scheduler and then you can schedule your call with me. Now, this is a completely no obligation call. As long as you're seriously considering working together, I would love to have a conversation to see if it's the next right fit. So it's really no pressure, no high stakes. It's really just like a first date. You know what I mean? To see if like, you know, you want to keep dating to see if you want to get married or not. Just kidding. Although maybe not really kidding, because it is kind of like dating uh, a little bit. Anyways, I would love to connect if 
my work resonates with you and you really want someone to help you kind of pop the hood a little bit and do a little bit of the deeper work rather than profile this or text this or say this or whatever and really get to the, um, you know, the heart of the issue of whatever is keeping you stuck and unfulfilled in your love life. So again, veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to up-level your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.